0: Hello, it is uh, Old Testament Thursday. We are so glad you are joining us here on this episode of Wake Up to the Word, which is brought to you by Barky's RV Rental. You can see our little sign right in the front. You want to rent an RV in this area? You just call us. Let us know where you're going to be camping, and we will deliver it, set it up, show you how to use it, let you do your Camping vacation, and we'll come, pack it all up, and take it away. Uh, We love to help people have a great, relaxing camping vacation without any hassles. Give us a call. Barky's RV, www.barkyrvrental.com. And uh, leave me a message and uh, friends and family discount. Let them know. You watch Wake Up To The Word. We'll give you a great discount for that. So, our coffee. For the week. I'm gone back to a favorite. So Pete's. I do like it. This is Pete's. Um uh, I forget the t- I forget which, which one, but it's uh uh I think it's bold, but it's uh it's really good. It's a medium roast uh medium uh, uh roast coffee, and it's uh it, it's it's you feel the flavor, but it's not overwhelming, it's not bitter. I really like it, and that's Pete's coffee. So, uh, give that a try. Um, we got our Bible reading for today, and, um, we got, uh, uh, you get some real some dancing around here in the Old Testament, because uh, because of the overlapping stories. And if you recall, we are a chronological Bible reading plan, so this is the kind of thing you're going to get, especially as we go through First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. There's a lot of overlap in the stories because they are recording a lot of the same things, So I'm not going to be redundant in uh, t- just telling the same stories over and over again, but I might pull out little nuances that are recorded in one and not necessarily in the other, or not fully or completely in the other. So uh, we'll uh, we'll try and, and do that. So we're awful glad that you are with us, and uh, so... <coughs> mm, let's get All right, let's get right into this. We're still being heard in seven nations, seven countries, and uh, thanks to you, let me tell you, uh, I shared this with a friend recently, and I may have shared it with you guys, but I don't know that I had the numbers right. We're coming up on our 2000th full view, people who watch episodes fully, completely, or... Or just about fully and completely about two thousand views, uh, but we average over five thousand hits a month. So uh, that's up. That's uh, that's you guys sharing and people checking it out. And they may not watch it long, but uh, in seven countries, uh, people are dialing in. And so over five thousand a month, I am blown away. And if you're watching, if you're coming on, and you're just hearing this, stick with us. Uh, keep watching. Uh, follow us. We are on Spotify. And on Apple Podcast, you can uh, Spotify, you can watch me. Sorry about that. And uh, on Apple Podcast, you uh, get to listen. So you can put that on in your car and uh, listen to the the silly sound effects that we have every once in a while. We throw them in there, try to keep you keep you awake. Um, you know, we're not trying to make a boatload of money. We're, I'm really rich. Yeah, I'm not, but uh, I, I want to share the Word of God. I want you to have a tool to share the Word of God with. So uh, share it with a friend. Let them know that you're listening, and uh, we would lo- appreciate that so much. Uh, send the link, email it to them, share it on uh, <clears throat> on uh, social media, and uh, we would so appreciate that as we uh, try to be on mission here and get the Word of God out. So chapter 5 of First Second Samuel 5. Through eight, and then First Chronicles eleven through fifteen. So I'm just going to kind of do the Samuel thing. I'm not going to jump back and forth, but I'll point out you know some of the things that we've already done. So um, uh, it talks right away in, in five. David's anointed king, and he reigns in Hebron for seven years, and then um. Seven 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 and a half years. And then he reigns over all of Israel for 33 years. So David was a king there over all of Israel, excuse me, a united Israel and for 33 years. And uh, he became greater and greater. <coughs> so um, talks about his concubines. David took more concubines. This is verse 13, took more concubines and wife's from Jerusalem after he came from Hebron. And more sons and daughters were born to David. Sorry, I get a little cough. Um, So David goes in and defeats the Philistines. And, and in this portion, it's, I'm just going to pull a few things out here. It says uh, they spread out now, the Philistines had come and spread out in the Valley of Rephaim. And so it's interesting. The Rephaim is one of those terms that we've talked about before, and it is one of those terms that alludes to being giants. And so they've even named a valley, the Valley of Rephaim. So, so that's where the, the large people, the giants, that's where they lived, and um, that's where they were. So thank you, Chewy. And, um, and so uh, they defeated them there. The Philistines uh, left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. And uh, the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of the Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go up, go around to their rear and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the top of the balsam trees, then rouse your rouse yourself, for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. So he has this war strategy. They snuck around behind them and there was some kind of a distraction that happened from the trees, made it sound like they were in front of them, and so they were able to come up from behind as as the Philistines were face were facing the other direction and setting up their fortifications the other place, the other the uh, in the other direction. Um, so they bring the Ark of the Covenant um, to Jerusalem, and this is that story of Uzzah, who uh, you know uh, the, the uh, are <clears throat> bringing the Ark up to celebrate the Lord and songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and, and castanets and cymbals. Boy, it sounds like a worship team. And um, and when they came to the threshing floor of Nakon, Uzzah put out his hand to the Ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down there because of his error, and he died there beside the Ark of God. So David was upset. With God, because you know he was just trying to be a good guy, man. And uh, but the instructions were the instructions. Uh, you don't touch it. Uh, you do not touch it. And uh, the presence of God was there. And <clears throat> yeah, God was angry, but um, what is He angry at? He's angry that He didn't. They didn't listen. They didn't. They had. They didn't have the understanding. If the glory of God is in something, it's not necessarily the anger that kills them this is just a perspective uh, you know it God's wrath certainly kills people there's no question about it but um, it's not just that the anger uh, it killed him but the presence of God is is overwhelming for a person who's a sinful person um, and that's all of us so it's it's you touch you touch the glory of God you die that's that's just all there is to it and and so it's it's that kind of juxtapose happening so was God angry at Uzzah what does it say it says in David uh, uh it says and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah so yeah he's angry at Uzzah and God struck him down so he does does strike him down so you know I, I take it at its word he he's angry you're not supposed to touch it it's all there is to it and and but I still think it's the glory of God that killed him and he was angry at Uzzah um so that brings us to david and michael this is an interesting uh story michael (coughs) it's it's uh michael um michal um the daughter of saul so it's not technically michael uh, looked out the window and saw king david leaping and dancing before the lord and she despised him in her heart hmm um and down a little bit lower at twenty, at verse starting at verse twenty, David returned to bless his house. But Michal, <clears throat> the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, "How the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of the as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself." And David said to Michal, "It was before the Lord who chose me above your father." and above all his house to appoint me as prince over israel the people of the lord i will celebrate before the lord i will make myself yet more contemptible than this and i will be abased in your eyes but by the female servants of whom you have spoken by them i shall be held in honor and Michal, the daughter of saul had no child to the day of her death so she didn't like that David he took off his cloak and and uh, danced uh in uh some people say naked I don't didn't see the word naked there but he definitely was dressed down if not naked and uh this is a ESV version but I do like that uh, original text in this I will make myself more undignified than this um sometimes when we worship God we we just uh, throw ourselves at his mercy and I'm not suggesting nakedness Uh, in the church, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, undignified you, you're, 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 sometimes you're worshiping God with, you know, snots running down and you're tearing up and crying and, uh, you know, uh, maybe dancing, uh, you know, but it's not about bringing attention to yourself. And that's the most important thing. David didn't think anything of it until Michael brought it up. And, uh, so he was pointing to God. And and if that's what's in your heart, if that's what you're doing, if you're pointing to Jesus, then uh, you worship him, how he's drawing you to worship. But do not do it to draw attention to yourself, because then you are pulling the worship away from God. And that's so important to understand, is, is that it's not about you, it's about God. And then as we come to 7, the Lord's covenant with David... <clears throat> And in the same night, this is verse 4 of chapter 7, but in the same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. So, but i've i've uh, put parenthesis around the word of the lord and this is a reference right back to what we've always talked about that key of unlocking um Jesus' presence throughout the Old Testament, and uh John one one and two is uh in the uh, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, he was with God in the beginning so uh and when the Word of the Lord came to Nathan, it's not that he got a message, and that's possible that he did, and he did get a message, but I believe that the pre incarnate Christ appeared to Nathan came to. Nathan and spoke with him, <clears throat> so it's these kinds of things that show Jesus throughout the whole entire Old Testament. Now, I always caveat this by saying that not every time it says this it's an appearance, so you have to look at the context of it, and so there's lots of things within this entirety that that point that out um. <clears throat> So um, as we come down, uh, they're talking about building the house. They're talking about uh, appointing judges, talking about lots of different things, uh, the message that Nathan is supposed to give to David. And then in verse 14, we have a very uh, important uh, um, verse here. I will be to him. Uh, he's talking about David, David's uh, sons. Uh, when your days are fulfilled, I'm going to, to go back to 12. When your days are fulfilled and you, and you lie down with your fathers, and you die, uh, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he comes commits iniquity i will discipline him with the rod of men with the stripes of the sons of men so there is a great uh quote there i will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son so you may have heard that recently if you go to life coast church because it is quoted from hebrews chapter 1 verse 5 uh it is uh god um writing out through the author of Hebrews uh, about Christ, who to whom did he ever say, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. So he's taking this quote from Nathan, who says this quote, who speaks the words of the Lord to David about Solomon. It turns out, um, who's going to build the temple. uh, Uh, Spoiler alert. We um, uh, you probably knew that already, but uh, so um, so David gets this message: uh, Your house, your kingdom shall be shall be sure shall be made sure forever. Before you, your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words, and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. So he gives him vision for the future. He 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 shares with him what the word of the Lord said to him. And so then David has a prayer of gratitude and I have a lot of underlinings here <clears throat> because there's a lot of cool stuff here. And King David went in and sat before the Lord. <laughs> so there there's an interesting uh picture right there. Uh who am I, O, o Lord God that uh and what is my house? that you have brought me thus far. This is uh, starting, that started at verse 18, I'm on 19 of chapter seven. And yet this is a small thing in your eyes, O Lord God. You have spoken also to your servant's house for a great while to come. And this is instruction from mankind, O Lord God. And what more can David say to you? For you know your servant. And then we go down a little bit, 22. Therefore, you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you. There is no God beside you according to all that we have heard with our ears, and who is like your people, the one nation on earth, whom God went to redeem, to be his people, making himself a name, and doing for them great and awesome things, by driving out before you, before your people, whom you redeemed, for yourself from Egypt, a nation and its gods. Okay, I read all that because he's talking about redeeming them. And we look at the word redeemed in our 21st century Christian culture, and we think it means salvation. And it does mean salvation, but they redeemed them from captivity, from slavery, from Egypt. And that is symbolic of being saved from the world. That's fine. But this is a literal uh David David's uh, writing this his prayer of gratitude is uh he talks about uh God went to redeem his people Elohim is the word big G And awesome things by driving out before you people whom you redeemed again that same kind of, your for yourself from Egypt a nation and its gods little g same word Elohim and I keep bringing this up because as i said this elohim word uh we we've we've placed it in a group with a group of attributes as opposed to just being the generic word for god and it can be used for the yahweh uh the almighty god and it can be used for all these lesser gods all these lesser divine beings these these uh <coughs> rebellious divine beings uh in egypt they were called gods as well uh, elohim same word um, so when context 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 you have to look at the context and don't be afraid of the words uh, take the bible at its own value take take it for what it's saying don't uh, these are fancy words uh eisegesis and exegesis we we eisege- the text we don't we don't Put into it, we take out of it, we exegete what's there, we take out, we don't eisegete, we don't put our own doctrines in and then try to make it fit in there. It says, Gods Elohim, and the nation of Egypt had gods, they had them. And if you don't think they did, then go back and look at all that it talks about, all the gods. And we talked about every single God when we got to the Exodus. We talked about every single God that was impacted by all ten plagues. Because that's who God was attacking with the plagues. Not Egypt. He was attacking the gods of Egypt. He was rendering them uh, neuter. He was was showing that they did not have any power in comparison to Yahweh, the almighty God of Egypt. Israel. So, um, if you, if you, this is the first time you're hearing that, go back and look, or go back to that episode. I don't remember which one it is. Go back to that episode and uh, you'll find it. Go look in the, um, in the, in the storylines of each episode and you'll find it. Um, but that's what the Exodus was. It was, uh, all of the plagues were aimed at their gods, not at their people. Their people just, just got the wrath because they worshiped those gods. Okay. Um, and then in God 25, it says, Your name will be magnified forever. It says the Lord of hosts is God. And so over is God over Israel. So uh Yehovah Saba Elohim. So uh, that's the Lord of hosts. Um the Lord, the Lord of hosts is God. So <clears throat> Uh, David's victories, uh, talked about the Philistines, the Moabites, the Hadadezer, (laughs) defeated Hadadezer, Uh, Syrians of Damascus, uh, put up garrisons and Aram of Damascus, and the Syrians became servants to David, Uh, we'll keep going through eight, Oh, this was great. This is the last one of 2 uh, Samuel that we're reading. I once had somebody uh, talk to me about uh, verse 15 of chapter 8. Uh, well, they didn't talk to me. They sent me something. And it says, So David reigned over all of Israel, and David administered justice and equity to all the people, all his people. Um, and so they said, see, even David gave equity. This is what we should be doing. All right. So they use that verse in the English Standard Version, equity, but w- what he really gave, the, that word is translated equity, but the Hebrew word is really surakwa um, uh, or sudaqwa, and it means righteousness. He, he equally dispensed righteousness. So he demanded righteousness, asked for righteousness, and equity is not about how much money people got. It's not about equal results for everyone. He, he, he was righteous in his dealing with the people. They all got dealt with equally. And that's kind of what the formula that here in America we have equal justice under the law, though I'm not going to go there politically, but we all know that that's not true at this point in our country as well. But that's what this is talking about how David administered justice and equity that's righteousness within dealing with judging uh, people and making decisions over his people that's what that's talking about so when someone brings you that word verse second uh, Samuel 815 and says equity is used in the Bible um, no that's not what it's talking about it's talking about equal justice. So equity is not an incorrect term, but it's talking about justice in dealing in administration for people, not starting points for where they are economically. Two different things. Um, so that's our reading. That's what we got. Oh, no, no, no. We got, uh, we got to go. Uh, we're not done yet. Sorry. Uh, we have to move over to we're still we're still going through so we have some r- repeat of things so the sec- first chronicles uh 11 through 15 so we have some things that happened again uh, again repeating <clears throat> so um right here down in um right away in 113 So all the elders of Israel came to the king of Hebron, and David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel according to who? The word of the Lord by Samuel. Samuel also talked with the word of the Lord. So uh, that's just another note. Uh, Sometimes we pass over these things and we don't recognize it, but that's what 1 John 1 is trying to tell us is that these are the things to look for. The word of the Lord is an important part to look at. And Samuel spoke with the word of the Lord, and Samuel gave the information. So um, David takes Jerusalem. Uh, that We talked about that in, in already. And uh, <clears throat> let's keep going here. Oh, we have the, the three city chiefs, and the Philistines were encamped in the Valley of the Rephaim. We already talked about that. Um, And then we talk about Benaiah, cool guy. Let me get a sip here. Benaiah, um, and and it's talking about uh, David's, um, oh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Benaiah, uh, son of uh, Jehoiada, was a valiant man of Kabziel, a doer of great deeds. And then it describes some of the things he did. And so he struck down two heroes of Moab. He also went down and struck down a lion in a pit on a day when snow had fallen. So there you go. Picture that. And he struck down an Egyptian man of great stature, five cubits tall. The Egyptian had in his hand a spear like a weaver's beam. But Benaiah went down to him with a staff and snatched the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. So this guy, Benaiah, was a bad dude um it says the egyptian was uh 5 cubits tall now a cubit is, is the span between your fingertip and your elbow and my cubit is, would have made him just me and i'm i'm an average height guy with average arms um and uh my cubit's 18 inches. and that's a gen- the general rule of a cubit um but if you're taller then your cubit is bigger, okay? But even by my cubit, uh, this guy was seven feet six inches tall. But there's so seven and a half feet tall. Um, if you ever ever known any seven footers, they're pretty pretty tall guys. Um, so you you uh, have these guys. Uh, this guy is that at least that tall uh, because of his. If the cubit is nineteen or twenty inches, now you're putting him up over eight feet tall, so this is a big dude, and the spear of a weaver's beam, that's a big piece of wood, so that's, um, I, I didn't look that up, but I, I may just look at if there's an actual, um, it's like a weaver's beam, so it may be, uh, hyperbole, but I, I'm thinking it's not, a weaver's beam must be pretty big, I, I don't know what it is, I never looked it up, but maybe I'll look that up for you before New Testament Friday, so, um, all righty, so, um, then it talks about David's mighty men and lists all these guys. These guys were unbelievable. Oh, that's, uh, no, I'm still going, right? I uh, 12, 11 through 15, yeah. So the mighty men joined David. Uh, and here's some of the description. I love these descriptions. So uh, ver- chapter 12, verse 2, they were bowmen and could shoot arrows and sling stones with either right or left hand. Uh, they were Benjamites, and that's important because they were all uh, of Saul's, uh, the tribe that Saul came from. Saul was a king. Saul was a Benjamite, so uh, it lists all these names, and um, <clears throat> they they were with David in the wilderness. Uh, they were mighty and experienced water warriors. I'm already all the way down to verse eight. Warriors, experts with shield and spear, and um, it says they could run like gazelles up mountains. So, so these guys were uh, incredibly athletic and adept and skilled at war. And uh, this is the description. These Gadites were officers of the army. The least was a match for a hundred men and the greatest for a thousand. Uh, these are the men who crossed the Jordan in the first month when it was overflowing all its banks and put to flight all those in the valley to the east and to the west. And some of the men of Benjamin and Judah came to the stronghold to David. And David went out to meet them and said to them, if you have come to me in friendship to help me, my heart will be joined to you. But if you betray me to my adversaries, although there is no wrong in my hand, in my hands, then may the God of our fathers see and rebuke you. So they pledged an oath. We are yours, O David. And with you, O son of Jesse, peace, peace to you and peace to your helpers, for your God helps you. So they recognized that God was with David and they wanted to join him. So he had all these guys, uh, uh, his his mighty men, and they went and rocked. Uh, they were, they were, this was a lethal force. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so, uh David consulted with the commanders of thousands of hundreds with every leader. So, and then again, it's the retelling of the story of Uzzah and the ark, um, David's wives and children. We talk see about his, is he took more wives in Jerusalem. And if you don't know what the final number is, he had uh, 300 wives and 700 concubine. So, uh, uh, his harem, in other words, uh, so a lot of people ask that question. We've answered this one before, so I'm not going to put it up. Why, why are they allowed to have uh, so many wives? So I, I put that, I had that out there before and and, and spoke about that in the past. So uh, we come up to the Philistines being defeated uh, in the Valley of the Rephaim again. David inquires of the Lord, um, and uh, he left their gods there. And so he doesn't, he doesn't, he burned them. And so because they are representative Uh, the idols are representations of the gods the false gods the rebelling uh, gods that were with uh, egypt and then into those who were in the promised land Um, the giants remember these were giants men of renown They, they were offspring of the nephilim <clears throat> excuse me offspring of the uh, sons of god that rebelled with the daughters of men and produced the nephilim so they were nephilim they were rephaim they were they were um they were rebellious uh genetic rebellions so these gods represented those rebelling spirits so they burned them and this is why this false worship is 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 so frowned upon by God because these are not just things you worship or honor they directly rebelled against God and when you take these things and you and you worship them or put them in your homes you are setting up a worship of another god so <clears throat> this is why we we don't do that um so uh David was clothed with a robe. Uh, Israel. Uh, so then, the final verse of fifteen, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord came to the city of David. Michal, the daughter of Saul, took looked out the window and saw King David dancing and celebrating, and she despised him in her heart. So that's the short version of the same story that we already did. So uh, let me just uh, uh, let me just uh, quantify this. Uh, um, I'm not trying to say, uh, you know, some people think that, uh, some of the celebrations we do, uh, or, uh, holidays that we do here in America are offshoots of, uh, old, uh, old idol worship. And, uh, um, I don't believe that it is, but uh, we could go into all of that, uh, as seasons come up, we'll talk about that. Um, but what I'm saying is if you take God's, uh, idols into your home and worship the idol, then you are, by default, worshiping uh, other gods. So, uh, if if you're worshiping something other than God, then that's what you're worshiping. So, and, and God will, will, will make himself known. He, he he does not bless those who worship other gods. So that's where I am for today. We're glad you joined us. This has been Old Testament Thursday. We're glad you're with us. This is uh, October 19th, and this is episode 83. We're glad you're here. Stay tuned. Tomorrow, it's New Testament. It's New Testament Friday, episode 84.